Hallelujah. You may be seated. Bless you. Sister Raynell, that was an absolutely beautiful song. And gorgeously sung. Thank you for it. Amen. Nobody like the king. In fact, there's no king like our king. In the Old Testament, it said, there's no rock like our rock. Well, you can, you can line item that. If he's your deliverer, there's no deliverance like your deliverer. If he's your healer, there's no healing like your healer. Praise God. We have a king that there's no king like him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I came to service this morning fully intending to get Sister Shay to sing a special song for us today before I preached. I got up in one of those old song moods, and I was wanting to hear that song, I've been on the mountain with Jesus, I've been in the valley so low. And not one time has he failed me. That line's worth repeating. And not one time has he failed me. When to him with my troubles I go. So let me walk with you, Jesus. I didn't get to you in time to ask you. I, I think you know that one. Could you sing just... I won't, I won't expect you to just, let's see, pro bono's what lawyers do, free, uh, ad lib. I, I don't expect you just to, but is this all right? Will, will, will y'all wait on me to, we may not get no farther than this, but how many of you just want to walk with him? Oh, to walk with Jesus means everything. Sing a little to us.
found me. He found me. As lost as I was, he found me. beautiful song. Thank you for that. Would you do me a favor now? This is so crazy. Now you got me. Would you just sing the chorus without him? Because I don't know at all the words. Let's see. Hear my words. Oh yeah, I think I can do that. We can do that, Brother Cook. Without him I would be nothing and without him I would but fail without him I would be drifting like Without a sail, oh, without him, I would be nothing, and without a ship without a sail. We used to sing it like this then. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away, oh Jesus, my Jesus, without him, how lost I'd be. Somebody praise the King of Kings today. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, there's no songs like the old songs. Wow. We keep singing old songs. We'll be back to where the only one left, Peggy Sue. 
Peggy Sue. Praise God. The old songs, they bless me. Hallelujah. Thank you for that memory, Sister Sharon, for that song. Praise God. First thing I want to do is join Pastor Sharon and all the others of you in saying to the almost said boys, but if I'd call these men boys, I'd call an alligator a lizard. I almost said the Satterfield boys. These are men. I want to tell you, Brother Bob and Sister Tracy has got some men that's grown up in their household. They are that, Pastor. Fine young men. I love this family, and I, I hurt with them today. The Bible said we're supposed to mourn with those that mourn. And we laugh with those that laugh, and we rejoice with those that rejoice. So if you feel like having a big old hee-hee-hee-hee during this service, I'll hee-hee with you. I don't even have to know what you're laughing about. I've seen people get all upset because somebody laughs. And they don't know what they're laughing about, and they think they're laughing at me. Well, just laugh with those that laugh and rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn with those that mourn. And anyway... You Satterfield men, I join you in your loss and in your grief and in your mourning. We must not ever think that because someone's a grandson, it doesn't hurt as badly to them as it does to a son or to a daughter-in-law or to a daughter. The pain, it may be manifest and felt in different ways but it's still very, very real. And uh, thank God, thank God, Sister Barbara Satterfield was a great Christian lady and leads, leaves a legacy and many beautiful memories for her family. And as has been said, that service is Tuesday, and be prayerful for these loved ones throughout the week. Praise God. Now, that being said, the next thing I want to do is apologize to all of you because I've never, as far as I know, had allergies. In fact, I remember back far enough when they didn't even call it allergies, they called it hay fever. Oh, you just got a little hay fever, you'll be all right. I've never had it. Lord, it's this woman you gave me. There's nothing green coming out of me. So it's not contagious. And, and, and if you see me sniffing, in all honesty, I considered taking a Benadryl before I came. But I didn't think y'all would enjoy me sleeping on top of the Bible stand. So we'll just make the best of it. So anyway, I plan on doing a little teaching today instead of preaching. Is that all right? Can I, can I teach? Uh, 46th chapter according to the Psalms of David. The Psalm. I want to tell you something. 150 chapters is what we call it. It's all a Psalm. It's broken down into three divisions. So I guess that it could be technically called three psalms. I want you to know something. Those are long songs. To start singing at the start of psalm and sing to the end of that section and then the next one and sing to the end of that, it's going to be all day service. Somebody better brought dinner. So uh, the second division starts... Right in here, I had that all. With it starts at the start of forty-two is what they call book two of the psalm. It's three books, three psalm, and uh, forty-six is what I want to give attention to today. Just as a little footnote, 
to the 46th Psalm. Those of you who have an interest in music, my wife came home the other day from, what was it you did? I apologize for saying it's your fault that I got allergies. But it's her fault. I never had it before. She came home from something the other day that they were doing. I, uh, going to the nursing homes, I believe, the, the uh, care centers. And she said, did you know Sister Robbins plays a guitar? And I said, well, I knew she used to, but I, I hadn't heard her say, yeah, she said. Who was it you said she sounded like? Elvis said she sounds like Elvis Presley singing. Watch it, Brother Larry. Somebody's trying to take your sound. We may have to have an Elvis duet, one of these. Amen. People who are interested in music, it's like during your singing today, Sister Raynell, I was thankful that I was sitting right there where I could lean my head back and listen up close to the track. Those harpsichords and then the, the uh, loop that they had of blocks and the, the clavinet that, that layered in and uh, together with the guitars and the keyboards and the various things. I just remarked to Brother Step, I said, the problem with all that is, is back whenever we was doing it, when we did special, the glory, the honor, the majesty on high is so very special, can be seen by mortal eye. When we did that song, we wanted to harp on it. Or well, I didn't. I didn't know what we wanted on it. The producer wanted to harp. And... Uh, Lady, they called out and got a lady from the union to bring in a harp. I leaned over to Kevin and I said, you know, I said, how in the world is she going to get that thing in her mouth? I was thinking harp, you know. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the... Anyway, we had to do it all real. They'd, you know, bring in the horns and stack them. Now, a lot of what we hear, you can't, you can tell as much difference between the synthesized and the real as you can tell the difference between two bananas hanging on a banana rack. They're just, they're just alike. Intelligence has risen. Knowledge has risen. Technology has advanced. People's minds have become so, well, here, let me give you an example of it. How many of we old folks are not timid to say you're dumber than a brick when it comes to computers I don't know I don't know much about them I looked at our AT&T account the other day on my phone they, 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 they flagged me that we was going to run out of gigs a day before the period was up and they was going to charge us 15 more dollars and so Boy, I didn't want to be the cause. I didn't want to be the one running that over. And I looked it up, and I thought, yep, I can believe that. I used 1% of the total. I don't know, there's seven or eight of us on that account, but I used 1%. And I didn't feel critical of anybody that used more. I thought, yeah, that tells you, duh, I just admit it, there's a lot of things in, because knowledge has advanced so rapidly. Understanding has come so far, till we get lost in that maze of, you know, if God tarries, if God tarries is coming, and for whatever it's worth, I don't believe he's going to, Brother Macmillan, I believe he's getting ready to come, and we better be ready to go. But if God tarries, there are inventions and creations out here in our future that what we have now and what we see now and what we're a part of now will be just as antiquated as AM radio is this very minute. Because the mind of man is in the image of God. 
And all you got to do is use what God gave you. Boy, I feel that. There are inventions sitting right here in this room, undiscovered, unrevealed, that if you just put your mind to work and your body into gear, it would uh, add so much to your life. And who knows, we might get tithe on it. That would add to us too. So anyway, yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Praise God. Anybody that's interested in music, that's where we got on to all this. Uh, all of these various music forms are so important to us. It may just be a song to someone in here. Well, I can't tell the difference between let me walk with you, Jesus, and take me to the king. They're all just songs. But, oh, the depth and the feeling. The angels rejoice in the presence of God. And they make music with their wings. And when we get to singing and rejoicing and praising the Lord, there's heavenly additions to all of this. Man, I'm ready for one of those kinds of services, are you? When heaven just kisses the earth with its glory. I'm willing to throw my coat again, or my hat. I may have to borrow a hat to throw it, but I'm willing. All right, uh, I won't ask you to stand because I don't know how much I'm going to read. But the 46th, chapter as we know it of Psalm, I want to read the first four verses and then the 11th verse, and we'll address maybe all of it, but let's synchronize our watches. I've got five minutes till 11. What have you got? Do you know where your lunch reservation is? 5 to 11. I'll try to be done here in 15 or 20 minutes or so. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. When I was studying this, I saw in one of the commentaries I'd chosen that the writer of the song, the classic, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, wrote it because of his relationship to the 46th Psalm. Is there anybody in here in church today going through anything, something, going through with life? Life's riding you instead of you riding life. There's difficulty. You got answers that you need to attain. Solutions that you've not found. Problems that are a bit difficult. Then you need to understand we got a fortress. We got more than just a part-time God. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. A mighty fortress is our God. Touch your neighbor right now and say, No God like my God. Whew, boy, I wish I could wake all of us Benadryl takers up this morning. I wish I could shake the cradle a little bit and get the baby to cry some. Get us up and make us realize we got a God. I have a God who, with His angels, watches over me. Hallelujah. I'm not in this alone. Let's get real gritty. Let's get right down and earthy. Doesn't it sometimes feel like you're all by yourself in this? Nobody's going through what I'm going through. Nobody's facing what I'm facing. Nobody's met up with what I've met up with. My life is not like anybody else's life. I want to tell you. I want to encourage you. I want to bring you back to square one and make you realize nothing comes upon us that is not common to man. And with all of our temptation, with all of our trial, 
There's no disgrace in saying you can be tempted. The problem is when you think you can't be. Where you get in trouble is when you think, I'm living good enough that I, I'm above temptation. That's when the devil's going to put a snare in your path. You're going to wind up caged. But oh my, when you're tempted, when you're tried, when your soul is vexed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Hallelujah. Thou hast been a shelter. God is our refuge and strength. Very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah or Selah. Are you aware of what that means, the Selah? The Selah? That's a musical phrase. We're back to music. Selah is a musical phrase. It's the same as in our written scores, the rest. When you count, if it's 4-4, four, four, it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You get to the end of the line, you rest. And you come back to the next line, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and you rest. The rest in our musical clef, if I can call it that, is the Selah of Psalms. It's the rest. In other words, you read that much, and then what you need is a praise break. Just stop for a minute and think about what you've read. Whew, glory. We'll come back to that, but drop on down to verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Boy, there's two rest breaks in. Actually, there's three. There's one at the end of verse seven. But you got, you got rest in this song. Sing those lines. March that beat. Get those words. Syncopate that song. And then get to the rest and think about the story of of the song that you're singing. Wow. If I was going to pull a song out of the air that the Lord blessed me to write that uh, would, would, would represent the Selah, the, the, the rest, I would think instantly of, I've walked through vast valleys, bounded by mountains, with peaks that seem too high to climb, rest. I recall learning how great mountain climbers conquer one step at a time, rest. I've watched blue rivers with strong currents raging and wondered if they could be crossed, rest. But my rivers and mountains, my rivers and mountains became soft, gentle fountains because of an old rugged cross. Whew, I'm going to tell you, you got to have three or four sealers in that. Because we have a Savior. you got to take time to remember before you get caught up in where you're at and before you get discouraged over what you're going through, remember where He found you. Remember how it was whenever you were out there by yourself. Like old Brother Wilson. I've told this over and over. Brother J. Frank Wilson, uh, I was preaching him a revival and he would give us a... Uh, some sort of a menial task, a physical labor that everybody had to do in the household before there could be any relief up in the day. And I mean, even the guest preachers, he'd say, I want you to go down there and I want you to do such and such. And we got to work and earn our keep around here, you know. And uh, I didn't understand that much. I thought if I was a preacher, I was supposed to walk around all day going, mm, hallelujah, mm, getting ready to getting ready to preach, but he'd have me out in the garden. He'd have me over at the church pulling nails out of a, a shed so they could bend them out straight and use them again or whatever they were going to do. And 
I was wanting a mmm. He had me over in the garden one day when I was wanting to be back on the back side of the ball field. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just his way of spending time and teaching. He was teaching, teaching. And he said to me, uh, Brother Oligan, he said, Isn't this a beautiful garden? I said, It sure is. I said, Brother Wilson, you really need to think about how good God's been to you to give you that kind of garden. He said, Hmm, you ought to have seen this garden when God had it all by Himself. Before you get to thinking about how bad it is right now, you need to think about your life before He found you. How rough it was when it was nothing but a wheat patch. Before you had the fallow ground. Remember that passage that says, Break up the fallow ground. It's time to serve the Lord. That's saying to us that your, your life, your heart, is just like an un disciplined, unbroken, unprepared feel. Man, in the spring, after a long winter, after all the snow and the rain and the slush and the weeds has come up and the dead seed has, has left its reminder from the last season, it takes the Clyde Owenses and the Charlie McMillans, if we go back in time, and the, 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 uh, Cletus Ivies and the people who uh, farmed and lived of the earth, it takes them going back and breaking that ground up. I know now in modern concept, they just go in and drill the seed in a lot of settings. But hey, in the old times, even in the horse-drawn plow day, they would get out and bust up that fallow ground, lay those furrows, hold that line, keep it straight. I thank God for a church that's trying to keep it straight. I thank God for a ministry that's trying to keep it on mark. we got to have that. We cannot ignore that. We can't ever reach a place that we say, that doesn't count, that doesn't matter. But let us not ever, at the same moment, let us not ever reach a place that we forget that we are human. Remember, I'm human, and humans forget. Remember how it was before the Lord found you, before you start criticizing yourself or someone else for that matter over the mistakes they make or how they don't have it right in one place or another. Remember how wrong it all was before the Lord found you and the Lord changed you and Jesus came into your heart. You was lost in sin till Jesus took you in. What a wonderful Savior to me. Is anybody glad for that wonderful Savior? He may not have changed it all, but He's changed enough that you know you're on your way. Hallelujah. Amen. Not perfect, just forgiven. Glory. Now this, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. This word refuge in Psalm 47 is interpreted by the, the uh, wise and the interpreters of the word two or three different ways depending on which version of the Bible you read. In King James, it reads, God is our refuge and strength. In one of the others that I studied, it read, God is our high place. God is our high place. That seems strange to me. Because high places in the Bible frame the reference of false faith, false religion. When you talk about the high places, you remember where God said, don't go to any of the high places of the heathen. Stay away from the groves of the heathen. Don't go, and it used the word whoring after strange gods. 
And, and yet Israel, after it was all laid out, Israel and Judah, they ran after all kinds of stuff after all kinds of religions, after all kinds of worships. They put up all kinds. Every nation, every tongue, every kindred had their Baal, whether they called him Baal or not. They had their Baal. All of them had their goddesses of fertility. All of them had their gods for crops and gods for rain and gods for sun and and false gods were everywhere from Egypt to the Persians. And yet God said, I don't want to be a Baal in your life. I don't want to be just the one who shines us. Yes, I will cause my face to shine on you. I'll cause my rain to come down and water your crops. I'll smile on your life, but I want to be more than some inanimate object that you put up Oh man, I gotta say that again. God doesn't want to just be some inanimate object in your life. He doesn't want to be just a Sunday morning God or only a Wednesday night God. He wants to be with you in your sixth trial. And in the seventh trial, He wants you to understand, I have not forsaken you. God is our refuge. In one place it called Him our high place. God is our high place. We need to just dote on God all of the love, all of the admiration, all of the expectation, all of the affinity that we would give to, to uh, the most beloved object in our life. He is our high place. But that doesn't really explain Him. The, the refuge in this Word is articulated by another of the... Uh, ancients, as the Lord is our fortress. The Lord is our fortress and strength. That's where the song came from. A mighty fortress is our God. When we delineate it as fortress, it means two things in the English language. He's our security and He's our peace. He's our security and He's our peace. Notice if we read it that way, what it says. God is our security. God is our peace and strength. A very present help in trouble. Could I stop right here and tell you, whatever sickness may come your way, if you've got peace with it, if you've got security about it, and if God gives you strength over it, no afflictor can stand in the face of strong faith. No afflictor can stand in the face of strong security and, and, and strong uh, uh, faith. Hey, I want to tell you, the Lord is our refuge and strength. A very present. Hallelujah. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song in our worship services. We picked it up from the circle of PAW fellowship that we were in at the time. Kokomo and Logan Sport, Muncie and Marion and Greenfield, all of those churches, the PAW churches in those days, they were predominantly uh, what we would call African American according to our vocabulary now. They were black churches to us back in those days. The black churches, the PAFW churches. They would come in and, and I grew up in that, in that circle of PAFW churches. I've heard Bishop Brisbane, who was the head of the PAFW, uh, preach. I've heard him. I knew as a child the Bishop Sanders. Bishop Sanders was from Muncie. He's the one that got shot. Right in this pulpit. I mean, he was minding his own business. And somebody run in off the street during all of that middle 60s craziness that was going on and shot him right while he was preaching. And uh, guess what? He had a refuge. They shot him, but he didn't die. In a few weeks, he was right back preaching. I got news for you. If you got the refuge, 
I feel like saying this this morning. I feel like calling somebody to attention this morning. If you'll just stay in the refuge, as long as God's not done with you, you're invincible. Until God gets done with you, you're invincible. Now let me ask you something. If God gets done with you, why would you want to stay in a place like this? If God's through with you, why would you want to be in a place like this? When God gets done with me, don't weep for me when I'm gone. Because I won't have to leave here alone. And when I hear that last trumpet sound, my feet are not going to stay on the ground. I'm going to rise with a shout, going to fly. Going to rise with my Lord to the sky. Heaven is near and I can't stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Hey, you need to wake up your spirit this morning. You need to wake your Holy Ghost up. You need to get God up in your life this morning and remind yourself, He's my refuge, and until He calls for me, I'm invincible. But when He calls for me, I don't even want to stay. I want to be out of here. I want to be gone. Amen. Now, I said that that way because right now, right this minute, there's a whole lot of people worried, worried, worried about the end of the world. We see all these armies over and around about Jerusalem and the Israelis, and we we worry because we've heard this, that, or the other, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and the Bible says, the Bible says, about well, stop, 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 wait a minute, stop. I don't care what you saw on your TV. I couldn't give a flip about what you listened to on the radio, what this one said or that expert said or what another one said about the end of the age, the end time, the end of the world. Wait! Stop! Now, if I'm wrong here, you correct me. Stop! I can't give a flip about what the experts are saying. The Bible says no one knows the hour the Son of Man's coming. No, not the Son. Even Jesus doesn't know. When he's supposed to come back. Jesus is just waiting for the time when the archangel puts the trumpet to his lips. And then he'll step out with one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. And say, come on up. The only one that knows according to the word. Now you may be smarter than the word. Your experts that you love to follow may be smarter than the Bible. So you go ahead and give me that snooty, turned-up-nosed look right now that you're giving me. Because you're smarter than the Word. Your experts are smarter than the Bible. But I think I'll stick with what the Bible said. Instead of me worrying about all this mess, I think I'll go with the message that says, In such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh. I think I'll just keep watching for Him day and night. I think I'll get up this morning and say, He may come today. I'm going to stay ready. If I make it through the day and the night, and I go to bed tonight and He hadn't come yet, I think, Pastor, I'll just say, I'm going to try to get a good night's sleep tonight because the Lord may come tomorrow and I want to be rested and ready because until He calls me, I'm invincible. A host may rise at my right hand and 10,000 on my left hand. Wait a minute. What do your experts say about that? What do your experts say about that? Oh, we got to worry. It's all happening. I turned by, remoted by one of those experts on one of the gospel channels the other day and I, I just wanted to throw up. They was trying to scare everybody about this and that, what's coming and right at the end of all that scare tactic, they said, sow a seed into our ministry. Keep us on by sending us. Why keep them on? The Lord's coming according to them. 
Why pay for the next 13 weeks of them coming on spreading all of that, that fear-mongering? You don't need to be afraid about when the Lord's coming. You need to have your eyes on the sky because we got a refuge. We got security. We got peace. We got strength. In the Lord. Hallelujah. Is anybody glad you got a rock like no other rock? You got a Lord like no other Lord. Therefore will we not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried. There's a specific reason mountains appears in this setting. To David, mountains were the most impregnable the most secure, the most sure places in his world. And if you've been to that land, as some of you have, you know there's just those rocky, juted, jaded heights everywhere. And when he stood there looking at the mountains, he thought, I cannot imagine ever the mountains coming down. I can't ever imagine in my thinking that there would ever be a time that this land would be flat that it would be decimated to a, a, a plain because these mountains. But he said, even if the mountains were to be brought down, even if the hills were to be trodden low, we still got a God that's in charge. We still got a refuge. We've still got a strength. Hey, I want to tell you about your mountains. I want to tell you about your high places. All it takes is enough rain. In fact, I saw in the news that out here in California this past week, some of these big houses worth millions of dollars that had been built on purpose on the side of these bluffs because the view was so great that enough rain came down, Pastor, so fast that it washed the mountainside right out from underneath these houses, and they fell off in sinkholes. You may have built your life on what you think's a mountain. You may have built your life on what you see as an impregnable resource of strength and of power. But I got news for you. If the waters come down, if the floods sweep in, if the, if the storms wash away the very foundation of your life, just go ahead and look to Jesus. Hold a God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. He's a mighty fortress. He's a refuge. Oh my goodness. I wish I could get somebody as excited about this as I feel about it right now. No matter what may rise on my right hand. No matter what may attack me on the left hand. No matter what may skirt the defense of my worship and my praise. I have a fortress that's not going to fail. A refuge. It's God. He's my refuge and my strength. Stand with me. Maybe if you'll stand, we'll get quit. Stand with me. Stand with me. Glory. I wanted to have time to get down here and encourage you that if you really are troubled, if it's a sincere alarm on your part over the condition the world's in and what you see happening around the globe, then look to the ninth verse of this chapter. He maketh war to cease unto the ends of the earth, and he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots with fire. All you got to do is go to your fortress, go to your refuge. He can break the bow. He can break the arrow. He can take the, the trigger out of the hand of your enemies. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'd like to say something about that, but I can feel the Spirit. We're ready for dinner. We're ready for dinner. Sing to us and we'll believe. Trouble. God is my refuge and strength, my refuge in time of 
agent tried to get me to take extra coverage and he was talking to me about the various coverages that he had available on the vehicles etc and you know I mean it's an insurance agent he's just trying to make money right that's what he's doing but now I'm glad whenever the accident took place that I had the additional coverage Ah, today it may just feel like an insurance agent trying to sell you some insurance and you really don't need it and it's just trying to make money and he's just, but just take it from me. Make, I want to make a recommendation. Take the coverage. Take the coverage. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you tonight. Five o'clock. Five o'clock begins the service with prayer. Five thirty, you're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. Be here expecting God to do great things. He won't disappoint. Bring somebody with you. We're going to have somebody that's baptized in the name of Jesus tonight. Maybe you ought to come ready to receive the Holy Ghost. You will. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.